0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Whatever Show. This is episode... fuck me, I don't know what episode this is. Doesn't matter. This is episode, it doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
1: Um, uh, If you guys listen to the show regularly, you'll know that you haven't listened to a show regularly lately. Um, This is a reboot of sorts. We're going to keep doing the show, we'll number them. I think this is 117. Um, Well,
0: you know, the thing is though, I, I don't think the last couple have actually gotten out.
1: So, so this I, I think, this, this could be this anywhere be between 115 and, and 117.
0: Yeah, this is like on Mabim Bam when uh, they were gonna do it. They, they've had this running joke about 420 for the last I don't know 420 episodes, and then they got to 420 and they didn't have anything really good to do, so they just went uh, and skipped it. So we're gonna do the same thing, except for this is gonna be like a throw a dart at a pin, uh, uh, you know, on, on the map and see where the, the episode number lands. That's where we're gonna go is with. It
1: like when we went from Windows 8.1 to 10.
0: Yeah, fuck it, we can make up our own numbers. Yeah, we don't need to. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't even Windows 8. iPhone 9. Yeah, what? Did, enough, there is no why
1: why did Microsoft and Apple skip nine? What is their fucking beef with nine? Because they're just like, well, I don't want to go with that shitty number. I guess I don't know what they why they don't like it though. It seems kind of racist. Nine, you poor bastard. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know what the show's missing? What's that? Oh yeah, give it to him.
0: That's good stuff right there. Uh, well, I actually got it on the. Uh, yeah. We've Chris done and... this. We've done this recently. Yeah. Diesel. Um, this might be. I think we've set up. Uh, we set up the podcast tonight. It took as long to set it up as it probably will to record it, which is not typically how these things go. Uh, but I don't know, we'll see. Um, so let, let's just let's get into it. Um, we're going to kind of freeball this one. Uh, I don't know, we're, we're talking about that a little bit more. We've got some, I think, rough outline for what we're going to do, but we're going to do a little less like a bullet point sort of show. Um, we're talking about some ideas as, as far as like what we're going to do about that, because I think we do kind of want to still do like a weekly news episode, maybe. Um... But that's gonna be a different thing. I don't know. We'll we'll come back to that. But we we did discover what we did discover talking to each other this last uh, couple days is that um, we both really kind of want to dive into some topics a little bit deeper than we usually get to, uh, and and just kind of see where the, the you know the road takes us. So. Um, there are a few things we want to talk about. Uh,
1: Secondarily, we want engagement uh, from everyone out there as well. Um, obviously, we're not a live format, so you can't just like tweet us um, at some right point now, though. I we will talk this about shit. this shit or. No, you're completely fucking wrong. That's not what DC Comics did with The Flash in 1992 or whatever. Yeah. Um, And that's totally fine. Um, We do want to actually do a live format at some point. Um, That's probably later on down the road when we figure out how to do this on a regular schedule um, without fucking it up all the time. Yeah, all the time.
0: Um, but for tonight, uh, let's get in there. I think the main topic on my mind, the main thing I want to talk about is actually, you know, uh, probably a couple few weeks ago, when was it early September? Yeah. Early September. I had the opportunity to go see the Foo Fighters.
1: So Um, when you say a couple, you mean like six weeks ago?
0: Yeah, it was six weeks ago. Um, so, uh I got the opportunity to go see the Foo Fighters. When I told Matt I was going to see the Foo Fighters, uh Matt is a Foo Fighters alum. He's been to see them how many times? A couple,
1: three? Two. I, two. I but but it's not like I'm like I don't follow him around like I'm a a, a deadhead at a Grateful Dead show.
0: Yeah. But he's I, been he's been before and so he just he just said you're going to have a fucking good time.
1: Dude, dude the shows that I went to were literally 20 years apart yeah um when i saw them uh the first time they were still touring in support of their first record they might have had a song or two written for the color and the shape but nothing that had been reduced uh released yet
0: oh did you see him in like the Franz stall era i no no it, that must have been uh what's his fucking face than the other guy so uh, I, I remember stall Stahl Goldsmith. very yeah goldsmith was there for i think the original foo record and then um a little bit of touring for the color and the shape.
1: I don't even know if he toured no, for the No, I don't and think
0: he, I don't even think he made it through the color and the I think, shape. Because... I think
1: Franz toured for that record because he recorded it and then Dave re recorded it.
0: Yeah. Uh who did, did they had another guitar player before that too, because Goldsmith was actually the drummer before Taylor.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, sorry, was... um Pat, I'm pretty sure yeah, was we there.
0: You're right, you're right. Franz Stahl was coming in to replace Pat. Yeah. Uh, and that was right as Pat, Color and the Pat Shape. Pat was there happened. for like I think yeah, I think he was there from, like, the original days. Like, basically, because um, I, I, I was just watching. Uh, so, there's a great documentary on Netflix. Uh, oh, Back the, and Forth? Yeah, I, I need to put this on the show notes if I remember to this this episode. Right. Uh The uh, Back and Forth documentary uh, kind of goes through the early history of the band. And it is it really, honestly.
1: Dude, it's not just quite... early history. It, it it goes from, like, um, the end of Nirvana all the way yeah. through Wasting Light, uh, which just came out, like, three, four, five, six, seven years ago. Somewhere <laughs> Yeah. Um and it is I believe available on Blu-ray as well if Netflix decides they're going to pull it at some point. Um Yeah, it, but it,
0: it it is uh so if you're at all a fan of the foo Fighters, uh you may have already seen this. Probably should have already seen this. If you haven't, uh go watch it. It is a very fa I like I really enjoyed it uh namely because it's a little bit like a commercial for wasting light. Uh, uh but that give that said, it's really not. Like there is uh, I think the bulk
1: of it was filmed while they were recording it, so you got a lot of snippets.
0: Yeah, I was also kind of crazy interested in how they put some of the uglier sides of the like Foo Fighters, like the 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 original. You know, up until they sort of solidified with the current lineup, which you know just basically keeps expanding. uh, Up, which wasn't until I think when they got into uh, "There's Nothing Left to Lose." I don't think they had you know this lineup until "There's Nothing Left to Lose." Uh, anyway, they're not even sure they had no because Pat wasn't back. No, Pat, Pat didn't come back until. Ooh, man, maybe even in your honor
1: yeah it could have been i don't yeah, remember my, anyway, my, um, i haven't watched that in a while my timeline is, is a little skewed but
0: I, I did watch it after this thing so um i guess l- let's go back for a second uh so i, I went to the concert I uh, i fucking could not believe how good of a show it was like i was just like the only person screaming louder than uh, uh me in the whole fucking arena was dave uh and that is insane like i i remember like i got out of it and i was like you know what babe Dave's like 10 years older than I am. And if I had to do that every fucking night, I would probably die. He just um, screams all the time. He just, the whole goddamn night, he is just screaming. Uh, and and uh, don't get me wrong, that that is, it was awesome. It was just straight up awesome the whole way through. Uh, the other thing that was fun to see too is um, you you get like an entirely different, like if you're familiar with the record and you're like, I like that, that's good. Uh, and you want to hear that played exactly as it was played in, in the, on the record, uh, you're not going to get that out of the Foo show. Like the the Foo show, I think, uh, was amazing because one of the things that was cool about it that I really enjoyed as a musician-ish uh, was that they improv through the whole fucking thing. Uh, and when I say improv, I don't mean improv. I just mean like, um, every song is about three minutes longer because there's a huge midsection in which they fuck around with it or there's massive drum solos or something like that. Or
1: guitar solos that don't appear on the record, but Chris Schifflett's an amazing fucking guitarist and yeah. Dave recognizes that. So and he he's just, just lets like, him go to town.
0: Yeah, go, go to it, buddy. Uh, so yeah, Schifflett's is awesome too. And that, that's another thing that I think watching them play live, uh, for me was like, um, you know, so if, if you listen to the Foo Fighters, you know that there's not a lot on there that's super, super complicated to play, uh, except for the occasional, uh, just letting shiftlets off the hook or letting Taylor go, uh, wild on the drums, which happens, uh, uh on, on tracks that they've produced, but, um the Foo Fighters songs in general are not super super complicated to play that said when you see these guys play live it's like oh yeah they're not complicated to play but then they do all the shit that is really complicated to play and they do it in perfect time and they do it over and over again and you know all these things that just like I could not believe you know it's one of those things that you look at as an aspiring musician and you say like, like I will never be that good probably
1: did uh did Taylor sing Sunday Rain on his uh amazing on the
0: huge rotating drum thing lifting yeah.
1: rotating yeah drum kit
0: yeah so that was another awesome thing uh taylor did sing sunday rain uh, at the top of uh his drum tower thing because that, that it,
1: slowly rises as yeah. the song re- rises to a crescendo I yeah
0: guess. uh they, they had that that thing going on which is really rad um they also did under pressure um which you can find youtube clips of that online um under pressure is pretty uh they they there are definitely some songs that they, they've you know worked into the rotation, and Under Pressure, I think, is one of them. Now, the version you saw, though,
1: Taylor actually sings the Freddie Mercury part, and I think Dave sings the David Bowie piece.
0: Yeah, that sounds right.
1: Yeah, um, when I saw them in uh, December last year, they they had a band uh, open for them called The Strokes, and they actually brought the lead singer from The Strokes out. You
0: saw and, The Strokes Show? Are you fucking serious right yeah. now? Yeah. That's the one that's like if you go search for this song on YouTube, you're gonna find that 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 one. Yeah, Uh, I I think you find it from the garden though, not from uh, Portland. Probably, uh,
1: but uh, well, I saw him in in Eugene at the Maddie Night too. So yeah, Um, but uh, yeah, they they bring the lead singer from the Strokes out and he does the Freddie Mercury piece and Taylor does the Bowie um, the Bowie side and which I think he's actually more really like he's he's actually more cut out to do that taylor taylor to do bowie yeah i think so too
0: um the, the mercury side's just kind of ridiculously difficult because he has a, h- a huge range yeah uh that said T- taylor uh, man i uh, i think i texted you at some point when i was there i was like i think i'm i think i'm a taylor hawkins fanboy now
1: like i, I think that's where we're at i'm um, pretty sure that the picture you sent me was like a picture of your deck um next to taylor or something like that and they were both the same size cuz that's how hard i was
0: for taylor that night um no uh it was so i i mean i don't you know i can't really go play by play on the show other than to say it was amazing like uh, if you go watch some of the youtube videos you don't quite get to capture of the magic of the show that's there i mean they, they having seen the youtube videos i kind of almost wish i would have went into it raw but uh that's the thing if you're, you're a fan you kind of end up on youtube and some of those sh- shows and songs Hit the rotation. And so, you know, I was kind of familiar with what I was going to get when I would get in there. But that said, once you get into the venue, it's just like crazy awesome the whole time. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I could not believe how just like straight up balls to the wall and fun it was just basically the entire show.
1: You know, um, it's, it's funny because a little over a year ago um, when Tom Petty passed away, the wife and I were talking and we were not sure um, if there was an act that was the. Um, the equivalent of, of Tom Petty in terms of like, Hey, when this guy's going to come around, we're going to get tickets. It's not a matter of it would be cool to get tickets. It's we're going to get tickets. Um, And then uh, just a couple months after that, we, we went and saw the foos her for the first time. And she was like, you know, I think this might be what we do now. Um, Yeah. I I think part of that's because what Dave girl set out to do with the foo fighters. And he talks about it um, quite a bit during that documentary we, we talked about earlier is after nirvana he just wanted to make a rock and roll band yeah and that's exactly what they did and it took them a while to get you know locked in and and where they're at now but it's that's that's what they are they they go and they put on rock shows and they put on a damn good one
0: yeah um you know i've been sort of like uh uh i don't know ridiculously infatuated with the foo fighters over the last you know like i've been a pretty big Foo fan for quite a while now uh it, it's you know and i was really excited to get to go to this show because i've really enjoyed them uh but yeah that's where they're that for me too like anytime they come to town from here out like i will buy tickets i don't care if fucking Dave is 75 and it, as long as he's still putting on shows i'm gonna go to it uh But yeah, this last few, I don't know, weeks, months has sent me a a little bit of a journey down like the whole, like just almost obsessive levels of like going through the whole catalog, watching, you know, like every live performance I can find on YouTube uh, and everything. And uh, there's just so many things I could say about it. So like you mentioned rock and roll. And what was funny to me about that is um, I I can't remember what I was listening to the other day, but they were saying like, you know, rock and roll is basically dying. And I was like, listening to that and i and i thinking about it and i'm and number one part of me is like the rock will never die you know like the the rock lives on <laughs> um uh but uh i was listening to that and thinking but yeah there's like generations of kids who aren't really growing up with any major rock influences I mean, you know, every this decade in their
1: life you everything's know. cyclical obviously um we go through phases um when i early 90s you know um Well, I didn't fucking think '80s
0: synth pop was going to come back, and here we are.
1: So, Panic at the Disco, baby. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan, by the way. Um, no, I I
0: went to that show, and I could I, there's there's few people that I cannot stand, but watching Brendan Urie for uh, an hour and a half was just it like mind bogglingly fucking annoying.
1: Um, yeah, like I've never like how much coke is that guy on?
0: It's it's probably a lot, and I and I bet. Given the chance, he would snort it off of his own ass. Like he wouldn't even have the decency to get another hooker. He just he likes his shit so much he would snort it off of his own ass. Yeah. At least that's the impression I get from the shows. Like I get that it's kind of like uh, Brendan Urie and the Brendan Urie players at this point. Like calling it Panic at the Disco is mainly just because they want the name recognition. Because that's the only band member that's still in the thing is is Brendan. But I I recognize I
1: recognize that he's uber talented in a lot of different ways. Um, just none of those ways are ways that I actually care about. So, oh, he is,
0: uh, that's the thing. Like I'm watching this thing and I'm like, he is really talented, but you know what? He's like, uh, you know, when Kobe started in the NBA and everybody like, couldn't fucking stand him. Cause they were like, you know, sometimes you should pass the fucking ball. Uh, that was kind of like how I felt watching Brendan, because uh, 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 spoilers, uh, or not really spoilers, but uh, another you know side note, why, why the fuck do I know what it's like to watch Brendan Yuri play at a Panic at the Disco show? And well, that's because I have an 11-year-old daughter, which of course means that we are a- a- all encompassed in the Panic at the Disco universe. Uh, and, and my a wife... wife
1: who keeps your balls in her purse.
0: Yeah, and apparently <laughs> she decided we needed to take those to a Panic at the Disco concert, so we did that. Uh, so we took kids to the Panic at the Disco concert. Uh, it should be mentioned that I also have an eight-year-old son who was super into it and even my fucking four-year-old five-year-old son uh five-year-old now four year then um was super super into the show um and you know knows songs and stuff like that because when it's what your big sister plays that's what you listen to um but yeah we went and uh i i you know on the one hand i couldn't i i if, if you ask me is he a talented guy i have to answer yes i'd like it'd be disingenuous to say anything else on the other hand like I just feel like he gets, like, man, the way the show is presented, and I don't know if the, you know, this may not even be him, this is just the feeling I got from the show, is that uh, you could not find a more conceited person in the universe.
1: I was going to go, like, with the Regis Philbin uh, comparison, because I think um, Regis Philbin's number one fan for years and years and years was Regis Philbin.
0: -Philbin. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I don't know, I don't follow, I've never followed Regis enough to care, but, um, yeah that show you know like i said it was a it was a big production you could not fault the fact that the guy was talented but there is a part where like he talks to the audience and now i just got done telling you i went to the foo fighter show i really enjoyed it but i knew what i was getting because i watched a lot of the youtube videos and it was very similar that said uh uh when dave talks to the audience he's genuine uh and while there were, you know, jokes and you could tell this is like this is the spot where a joke goes. Like, I felt like it was I was the first person that's ever heard that joke. Um, whereas Brendan was sort of like, uh, uh, man, I, what I'm does my th- format say? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the analogy, but he was just like walking around like basically like christ like, like you know, letting people touch him, you know, like, ooh, you're so lucky you get to touch me sort of thing. And um, as he's like, you know, oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, thank you. I'm just so, I'm so humbled by this. And it's like, no, you're fucking not. Like, don't, don't pull this shit with me. We, we, we all know that you're not. And so, yeah, the whole thing was just like, uh, self flagellation at its best. And I, I could not stand the entire fucking program. Not to mention the fact that there's only one Panic at the Disco album I like. One. And it's the first one. And they played precisely one fucking song off of that album. Uh, is
1: it the one about shutting the goddamn door?
0: Yeah, it yes. is. It is. That was the I th- I think that was how they finished the show was the shutting the goddamn door song. Um which, which
1: is which is exactly how much Panic at the Disco I know as well. <laughs> uh, That's it.
0: I got the first album because when I when the first time I listened to Panic at the Disco was I don't know fucking 10 years ago uh and I actually did get that album and I did like it. Uh I I still do like it. I mean, let's be honest. But, uh, yeah, I haven't really liked anything they've done since because at some point they very clearly decided to go a different direction. and It was one that I did not dig. Um, so
1: here we are. Um, yeah. You. So when I when I saw the foos in December last year, there was there was two audience members that that he really riffed off of quite a bit. Uh, one was a dude that was down front wearing a Rush T-shirt. Mm. Um, and the other one was a dude that showed up in a fucking banana suit.
0: Oh, dude the the guy at my fucking show was uh god I want to say the band was Dead Moon and here's the thing uh that you you're you're sitting there and you're going who the fuck is Dead Moon let me make sure i'm getting that name right uh cuz i keep wanting to say Deadpool um but Dead Moon actually is if i recall correctly yeah an american punk rock band formed in portland oregon uh so that it, that, that, that is a good example of like the genuineness in Dave. This is not some like, oh man, you're wearing like Rush. Like everybody fucking knows who Rush is. Like oh. if nothing else, like you do the first three bars of Tom Sawyer and you're, everybody's on board again.
1: Did, did they do that at your show?
0: Tom Sawyer? Yeah. Uh, man. Cause they
1: absolutely did when I went. I, they didn't do the whole song. They Fuck just, me. You know what Cause he was I, like, I can't, I can't do the whole song, but
0: I, you know, I think they did. And I, I actually put it, um, when I was at the show, I did the whole set list. And, and and i wrote it down but i don't know that i wrote that down because I, I think they did do a little intro here's but the i deal. don't i can I they... look that up while you're oh here it is yeah uh they did uh they did do um some rush there yeah cool um but anyway uh so the guy that they were calling out on the in, in my show was uh dead moon um uh he was wearing a dead moon t-shirt and dave was like really into that uh which is very cool because you know like this is an underground punk band and i think that kind of more scores what you know like dave Grohl is to music compared to uh uh, fucking brendan urie which i hate that we're comparing those two things and and they're even in the same sentence but you know those are the two most recent shows i've seen so here we are um but yeah there, there was a lot of cool stuff in the in the show itself but you know the thing that uh you know, so like I was saying earlier, I've kind of been down this fucking rabbit hole of uh, Foo Fighters fandom for the last, you know, six or eight weeks. Like, I've been basically listening to nothing but Foo Fighters nonstop, I, although I did throw in a little Alice in Chains Unplugged the other day. Um, And, you know, so there's a lot of things that I like, you dude, know, like...
1: Nutshell, Unplugged, one of my favorite fucking tracks dude, we Dude,
0: we, we, uh, we maybe have to segue into doing a whole fucking Alice in Chains Unplugged uh, uh, discussion later, but... Um, yeah, the you know just like as I'm going through all these things and watching YouTube videos and stuff like that. Dave's just a real fucking cool guy. Like you probably I don't know if you could find a more humble person, like especially at his level of fame uh and like just like his sort of lifestyle and things like that.
1: Well, and the fact that he I mean he legit runs that band. Like oh, it's does. not like it's a democracy where like everybody yeah, like, like gets a say. Like they do what Dave wants them to do. But I I don't think it's one of those things where it's like, um, do this my way or get the fuck out.
0: No, and the other thing too is like, um, maybe they, they they would be like, Hey Dave, uh I don't think that's the right call. And Dave would be like, Hey, hey, I just wrote like ten fucking amazing records that are all, you know, huge sellers. What do what are you saying? What are you saying again, no? Um no, you wouldn't do that either, but um like there's this great scene in Back and Forth uh where Um, They're recording Wasting Light, which they did at Dave's uh, home, like they did in his basement, basically, which when I say basement, you're all thinking like grungy dank basement. He's still fairly wealthy. I was above Grand Garage. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, But they're recording it in his studio. Uh, You know, another cool thing. They did the whole thing analog, no auto tune, no, you know, uh, digital things. You just had to play your fucking part right uh, or re record it until you did. Uh, and, uh, there's a scene in there where they're, they're talking and Dave's listening to some playback or something like that. And his daughter comes in and he goes, and he's like, daddy, you said, you said we could go swimming. And he's like, yes, sweetie, uh, we'll go swimming in a few minutes. I'm just, I have to record this rock record, you know? (laughs) And then they all, eventually they all get out and they go swimming and it's just like, um, you know, like. If not for being, you know, like one of the world's you know, most famous bands right now, you could picture that like that's something that like we would sit around here and do except for we'd be doing it probably in above ground kiddie pool. But um, it was just kind of like a cool little scene. Um, then there's tons of things. One of the things that I really like that that uh, the Foo Fighters do, you know, fairly regularly now is they bring people on stage. And more often than not, those are really talented people. The last one that I saw was actually they brought a fucking like 10 year old kid on uh on stage which is just crazy can you just stop and picture like that is either going to be the best moment of this kid's life or the fucking worst because if they get up there and they can't actually play holy god uh because they don't i mean the, the foo fighters pretty much exclusively play stadiums at this point um there's no short like thousands of people are going to see it and that's even before youtube hits the thing um but they brought this kid up and they played metallica um they played enter sandman i think um which is another thing like that's not on the set list uh they don't know you know i don't think that they've all been sitting around practicing enter sandman but they all go into it and like nothing flat you know which don't get me wrong pretty much every guitar player or drummer that's ever played it or wanted to play rock band uh in a rock band has played enter sandman but they did that whole thing and then dave's like hey man you like that guitar uh and the kid's like uh yeah and he's like uh why don't you go ahead and keep it and i was like man why will Dave Grohl give me a guitar? Uh, especially because, you know, Dave's not playing like uh, fucking Eppies or something like that. He's he, uh, I think he plays uh, really like a four or five thousand dollar Gretsch hollow body. I have to look that up. I kind of do want to look that up. Um, but yeah, it's just he's just a badass guy all around. Um, the the show is amazing. It's just something like it, it, it is he's like the current embodiment of rock and roll and what it means to be rock and roll and and the foo fighters are by extension you know the the other you know big part of that that's the other thing too like a band this band's been around for you know 25 years now um that was another funny sort of phenomenon as as they're going through the songs um he, they they start playing monkey wrench and there's a the breakdown part and he's all, uh dave's you know screaming all right i want all you fucking old school foo fighter songs sing, uh, foo fighters fans to sing along with this, this songs fucking 20 years old i want you, and i'm like Man, fuck you for making me feel old in the middle of this show. Uh and of course, you know, then the whole fucking stadium proceeds to sing along with the show. Um but yeah. Uh the whole thing was just amazing. I, I could not I, I I don't think I could have had more fun at a rock concert.
1: Yeah, no. Uh probably not. And I think if you're a successful musician at a rock show, I think you automatically know how to play "Understand Man." I don't think that's something that you actually have to practice.
0: Oh, I no, I don't think you do. Yeah, Dave plays a Gibson. Yeah, it's a DG three thirty five inspired by Dave Grohl. Um, Yeah, because it's got like the kind of like Fender style. Yeah, it's um, a
1: semi hollow with the f holes and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I want to see. I think he's got diamond inlays in the. Buy in the neck. on
0: eBay. It, that was, it's funny because I just clicked the buy on eBay link, but that's the other thing. I better not see this fucking show up on eBay. <laughs> it's like, all right, fine. Um, give me back my link. I need to see this. Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, going through all the records that's another thing that's fun like there are sort of like these distinct like as much as the foo fighters have maintained like i, I there's no foo fighters album that i don't like at this point uh, in fact i pretty much love them all like the way that you love children um i, I can find something to love about every one of them although i will say that uh, uh there's nothing left to lose is my least favorite um mostly because that's the poppy one and i don't like that so much but is that then the they, third record yeah, that's the one with Learn to Fly and Breakout. Yeah. Uh, Breakout's God, not bad. They're
1: still, they're, that, that record still has a ton of good shit, though.
0: Oh, it does. Stacked Actors, M.I.A. Um, there's a... God, what's the other fucking song on there? that uh, It's like... Ah, uh, shit, I can't remember. Um, yeah. I can't... I'll have to go look it up, and this isn't working either. I just want to know how much this fucking guitar costs, Internet. Come on. Uh, Yeah,
1: Dave, Dave plays you- a bunch of Gibson's. Do you not know how a musician's friend works? Like I'm pretty sure you can well, buy it. Well, I mean,
0: DG three thirty five. It's it's. I don't think you can buy Dave's guitar, but I think you can buy the guitar that is kind of based around, which is the ES three thirty five. Uh, it's the DG three thirty five, Gibson DG three thirty five. This is great radio, I think. Me Google and stuff. Uh, Gibson the Z returns. Sounds has
1: it for three grand.
0: Three grand. There you go. This kid just got a fucking three grand guitar because Dave's a nice guy. Um. Yeah. Um No,
1: no, I'm sorry, that's an ES.
0: And then there is nothing. I want to find this one song, Left to Lose album.
1: eBay has one for 7 grand. Oh, it's it's autographed.
0: That's fine. I could afford that. And then the track listing. Ooh,
1: and I can get it from AliExpress.com um, straight out of China for only
0: $268. Oh, yeah, this is a good album. Man, see, I fucked up. I said the wrong thing. It's it's really just that I'm tired of hearing "Learn to Fly." I think. Uh, <laughs> okay. Give me stitches, generator, Aurora. I think you're just a, Aurora's fucking great. I, I love think that you're song. just an old curmudgeon. It it is. I probably that um as well. <laughs> <laughs> ain't it the life okay i changed my god damn i fucked up i fucked up so hard guys i fucked up so hard but see like, like that that's an, a thing i liked about this like stacked actors comes out and, and it's like sort of balls to the wall breakout is also kind of a pretty heavy screamy song uh learn to fly is probably i think the poppiest foo fighter song to date uh that's the that's
1: the I'm video wrong. where they're where they're um on a plane and dave plays like all of the people on the plane right or at least most of them. Uh, yeah,
0: Dave plays quite a lot of the people and then uh that like was Taylor's in that one too.
1: That was when uh what's it?
0: Mendel? Mendel was in there and yeah. uh but yeah, Taylor was on that. Well, I think Nate's, taylor Nate's been just there. Basically been there joined since... the band. Yeah. Um that was another funny thing when he said um uh, Dave said on stage, you know, like we started off as a duo and uh, my head wasn't working right. And I was like, yeah, Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins. And it's not Dave and Taylor. It's actually Dave and Nate Mendel. Uh, Mendel's the basically the only original member of the Foo Fighters that's been there the whole time. So a little, uh, Pat, little, Pat was the other one that.
1: But little you know, history, little history in that um, Dave actually recorded the first Foo Fighters album uh, by himself. I think he might have had a guy come in and help him lay a couple tracks down. But um, there was no band. Like it was, it was just Dave. And then um, the reason why I came on board with the Foo Fighters was because when he recruited Nate Mandel and um, William Goldsmith, it's because they came from a band out of Chicago, um, which was uh, like a Screamcore band called Sunday Day Real Estate that I really liked a lot uh, back then. Um, And so I, I kind of just jumped on board and then just stuck with it um Sunday Real Estate coincidentally is also like my first rock and roll show that I went to as an adolescent
0: well that's Um, like we're just going full circle I think yeah (laughs) um yeah that's awesome
1: that was that was me and my friend Devin because he's the one that got me into that band in the first place and his older brother Dwayne because he had a driver's license and a car hit up Fuddruckers on the way (laughs) because who doesn't like a burger that you get to pick your own toppings come on yeah absolutely Um, it's one of the, what's one of the benefits to go into five guys. You get all the stuff. Yeah. There's so many things to choose from. You can
0: pick all the things. I, for a second, I thought we were going to go with a porn answer. Like, well, it's, it's four guys plus one more. I don't know. Uh, The five guys jokes are pretty old at this point. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so, you
1: know, I I think, I think the first time I really,
0: when I, when I probably first got into the Foo Fighters was one by one. Um, it was um, 2001 that album came out.
1: Yeah, I think was, I was with you when I bought that record.
0: I yeah, I probably bought it shortly after or shortly before you did cuz I think we got it around the same time.
1: You and me, you and me were cruising in your in your Volkswagen Jetta um and we pulled into <laughs> Phonomania when it was still a thing and I bought that record the day it came out.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, that that's another fucking amazing record.
1: Uh <laughs> um in case you guys didn't know, Eddie and I've known each other for quite a while now. It's
0: it's been a very long time. Oh man, I remember uh, "Come Back." That's the that's the one that closes the record. At least if you're not listening to the expanded edition, uh, I remember listening to that just over and over again because that was at the time I was really, really fucking into Tool and just like prog metal. And "Come Back" has that like really slow build to it uh, that just goes full into the whole you know thing at the end. And
1: man, I fucking rocked that song so many times um if anybody if anybody listening to this is like hey um i like dave Grohl, but foo fighters a little too poppy for me go get probot just go buy that album dude go get probot uh that's the other thing that's fun about dave is that he's involved in so many different
0: projects uh probot if you uh tangentially like uh dave's drumming uh you can check out uh you know nirvana obviously but um queens of the stone age songs for the deaf he drums on that um, i think he drums on uh a little bit of the other queen stuff as well
1: he doesn't kick uh journalists in the face though During live performances.
0: Not very often, no.
1: Um, And then also, if you like his drumming, uh, Nine Inch Nails with Teeth features Dave Grohl on drums.
0: Yep. And then, of course, uh, what I can only describe as a super group in this day and age, uh, uh, them Crooked Vultures, uh, which features Josh Holm of Queens of the Stone Age fame on the guitar. He uh, does kick journalists
1: in the face. (laughs) He
0: he has at least once for sure. Uh, And then, of course, uh, John Paul Jones, uh, which is a name you better know um, from Led Zeppelin on bass and then Davey plays drums of course um in your honor oh god did you uh in your honor was like uh almost life-changing for me when that came out because that in your honor was the dual album Uh, so they had the hard side and the soft side basically yeah so the the hard side was full-on balls to the wall that's where uh best of you comes from um
1: that's that's one of my favorite stories that Taylor's ever told, because um, there was a, an interview and the interviewer was just like, so what made you guys decide to record a double album? And Taylor's like, well, Dave came to the studio and said, guys, we're doing, doing a, a double, double album.
0: album. <laughs> <laughs> um, But for as much as I love the hard side of that, like uh, listening to the softer stuff, I could not. You know, like at the time, I was not really very familiar with the Foo Fighters. Um, um, I, I of course knew one by one, and I maybe started touching, like, uh, or getting into the color and the shape a little bit by then, but I definitely wasn't going back as far as like the original uh the self-titled album and really kind of getting into the soft side but even them they they hadn't done anything like this before you know they've got some good melodic playing in there that's softer you know like aurora is what i think of off of uh there's nothing left to lose in your
1: honor is probably the least listened to record that i own of of the foo fighters and it's it's not because i don't care for the record i do i really like it um the rock side i did listen to quite a bit the softer side not so much and then i bought the um um skin and bones record and they That's pull the next one. they pull a ton of of the the softer side of in your honor for skin and bones and it's super good.
0: Oh yeah, the skin and bones is all over the place in terms of like their play history and it's legit probably one of my favorite records of theirs um because
1: the acoustic version of February stars come on
0: Oh, it's amazing. Uh, they've got a really good cover of uh, Big Me on there. Even Cold Day in the Sun, I like, which is uh my least favorite track probably ever by the Foo Fighters. No offense. That and that's where actually a lot of my Taylor hate comes from. Like, I I just did not like the song. Uh, I don't think that that was a good song to showcase him on vocals. Whereas I, I've told you this many times now, Sunday Rain off of the latest Concrete and Gold is like one of my favorite tracks. Like, uh, it is just great. Um. Oh, Marigold. Marigold's fun, fucking fantastic on that. Fun album fact.
1: When I saw the foos in December last year, I saw all of the remaining members of Nirvana on stage at one time because Chris Novoselic. Chris,
0: Nirvana, and Pat, yeah.
1: Chris Novoselic came out and did Big Me with them.
0: God damn you! Yeah, I know. That's a really good show to go to. Um, <laughs> Echo, Silence, Patience and Grace. Uh, this is actually probably one of my favorite albums. I have
1: wrecked two different cars to this record.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Man, this has got some amazing tracks on it too. Uh The Pretender is is I think uh, one of the best. Uh Stranger things have happened. This is a softer like a, a, an acoustic track, but goddamn if that's not like my favorite, one of my favorite Foo Fighters tracks ever. Uh I you know this is an underappreciated album for me, but this is what I've been listening to the last few days is uh Wasting Light um bridge burning and uh rope in particular uh rope especially the first time i listened to it i was like well man somebody just bought their first delay pedal huh and then the more i listened to that uh the more and more i like that riff and that's another one where they kind of let shiftless off off the chain a little bit like he gets a pretty uh tight solo at the end um
1: didn't they record man, this I record on really tape i think one. they recorded this whole record yeah on they tape.
0: did that's the that's the one where the back and forth documentary comes from uh, or sort of, you know, culminates in is them recording Wasting Light. And, uh, they did record it all on tape. And that's the one I was talking about. No auto no cutting shit together. Like yeah. they record it. They have to record their parts. And if you get it wrong, you do it again. Um, Sonic Highways is this and actually, I think is my least favorite Foo Fighters, uh, track that said
1: it wouldn't be if you watched the hbo series the
0: hbo series i did watch and it is pretty good but i just don't really feel the songs on this as oh, much
1: there's some good tracks on there
0: there is i was just gonna say that uh something from nothing in particular and the famine i really like uh god there's another one um in the clear might be the other one that i think i really dig off of that one uh jesus it's it's a good album uh, but it's it's my least favorite Foo fighters album i think
1: you know for hey, reasons guys if you wanted to know um all of my Apple devices just simultaneously told me that a new episode of Shameless is available on the Showtime Anytime app. Oh, he, they, stop listening to this shit and go watch Shameless. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then Concrete and Gold, man.
0: Concrete and Gold. I uh, every time a new a band comes out with a new album in this day and age, especially one that's been around a little bit, uh, I'm always like, oh fuck me, it's gonna be bad, isn't it? It's gonna be bad, you know? Because I've been here before, Incubus. Um, <laughs> but th- this is like legit, like some of the best. It's like the best amalgamation of different eras of the band, I think. Uh like but in one record. Like T shirt is very, very reminiscent of like how they open color in the shape with doll. Yeah. Uh uh Man, so many good stuff. The Skies Neighborhood, I think, is an interesting song just because that's one of the few songs that they actually slow down a little bit on.
1: It also is one of the one of the rare occasions when you see them almost broach uh social commentary. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't do it very often. Um, that's, that's actually one of the things I really love about Foo Fighters is I'm relatively certain that I know where Dave stands on certain things without him having to say anything about it or, or include it in his, well, he's in his songwriting. Completely. Yeah. He doesn't include it in the band, I think, but, um, and, and, and he just every once in a while will do some really amazing things like the time that he Rickrolled the, uh, Westboro Baptist Church.
0: Yeah uh another th- this isn't quite on the same level but it's just another little fun get dave girl factoid is like uh they live in like santa monica or some shit like that i can't remember it's one of the santa
1: towns in california dave yeah, yeah he lives in virginia but you know no yeah
0: well at least they ha- they do He have, might have a place in california as well yeah but, but... because there was a there was an article though like um his wife i think owns a catering company or something like that so you could actually come out and dave Grohl, like there, there's some jokes about uh dave Grohl and his grilling habits in in various Foo fighters media um uh, but like you could actually go out and get uh um you know like this um barbecue made by dave Grohl at this like town event they were doing uh so talk about you know fun how do you go there and, and just you're like I'll, I'll just i'll have a sandwich please and to dave Grohl and just not nerd out okay whatever uh but yeah, th- th- in this of course, uh Eros no no no, sorry, Dirty Water. Um that reminds me a lot of uh track that could have come off of uh uh There's nothing left to lose or Color in the Shape. Um and then Sunday Rain is actually like
1: Dirty Water is like the second song that um brushes social commentary.
0: Yeah, for real. Uh Sunday Rain I think is really, really good. Um that's that's the one that Taylor does and that whole song like I actually couldn't believe how much I liked that because when I first heard it, I was like, oh, man, I don't know how, my, how much I like Taylor as a vocalist. But it turns out like, he just had one bad track that left a bad taste in my w- mouth for way too long because I really, really enjoy that song. And pretty much all the other vocals he does in Fooze is amazing. So. Can,
1: can you imagine? Can you imagine if he had said yes to Tom Petty? We would not be having this conversation right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's another fun factoid is that Dave Grohl was given the opportunity to drum for Tom Petty shortly after Nirvana.
1: He, he did drum for Tom Petty Yeah, on he did Saturday it on Live. Saturday
0: Night Live, which is kind of a funny yeah, enough... You can find those on YouTube if you look yeah. hard enough to. Um, and then Tom Petty offered him a gig. And and man, could you also imagine being like, no, Tom Petty, I, I don't think I want to drum it's for just you. just I've
1: been writing my own stuff and I really want to pursue it. Yeah. So.
0: And I think this is like foo fighters doesn't exist yet like foo fighters is a tape maybe that dave has or an I, idea he has i
1: i think he had about as much temerity to tell tom petty no as i did earlier when i told you that there's a pretty good chance casey and are gonna win powerball <laughs> you know what i mean like it's
0: some some big assumptions are made is yeah, what you're saying yeah. yeah um
1: uh but i guess that was dave girl's powerball like that's
0: oh somebody's playing aurora in my kitchen that's weird spotify connect everybody um it's it's pretty cool
1: um i also forgot he was on the tenacious d record
0: oh yeah he's he's fucking he's the devil he's the devil uh go watch tenacious d there's uh, a couple of different uh uh if you watch uh tribute by tenacious d you know they run into a, a di- there shines a shiny demon in the middle of the road in the video that's dave uh and then of course he repli- reprises a demon role as uh bill's in the uh um fucking the pick of destiny the pick of destiny and of course the video for that
1: which god damn it like the pick of destiny, the stick of truth, like.
0: Yeah. That definitely had its, uh, like minds, yeah. so to say, so to speak. Yeah. Um. So, I, I don't know, man. I, I, this is like, thank you for, uh, having, having uh, listeners for listening to me just drone on and on about, uh, how cool the Foo Fighters are. Uh, I'm just saying, like, go, if, if you've never really gotten into the Foo Fighters, like, uh, it's one thing if you just straight up do not like rock and roll. It's another thing if you're just like, no, I, I cannot get down on that. Cause if, if it's like you're just not familiar enough and you're like, oh, I heard a couple of songs and I don't really dig those. Like, go listen to a couple of albums because man, are they good. Just um, like.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this right now, as somebody who has seen the Foo Fighters both from like the middle of a mosh pit and like front row center on the floor to from the 200 level at the Matthew Knight Arena, like it doesn't matter if you get a chance to see them come to your town, buy a ticket, and go watch them. Oh, um, definitely. If your wife or girlfriend says no, um, leave her. Yeah, and do it, it it's anyway. The obvious choice. Um, because honestly, if she's going to keep you from seeing Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters, it's probably not going to work out anyway.
0: I doubt it. I don't see why it would. If she's like, you know what, you don't need to go see one of the best touring rock rock bands of all time. Yeah, you don't. It's probably don't, it's, don't go it's probably
1: worth having to pay child support for the rest of your life. I think so. Or something, you know. Uh, and then
0: you can take a sign there that says, I divorced my wife for Dave Grohl and he might call you up on stage and you guys he'll can probably tell you you're you
1: an idiot. He's like, Come on, guys, we're a fucking rock and roll band. Like <laughs> your marriage? Really? He, he would
0: that's the thing about Dave Grohl in, in The Foo Fighters is if you could brought them up, they would all talk to talk to you about uh how you've come to a crossroads in your life and how you've made some decisions. that you might want to think about a little bit deeper and and you know, give away the material and and uh, embrace the, the the uh spiritual, you know, or something like he's, that. He's
1: he's funny because he will talk shit. There was um there was a couple of people leaving um before before they're like before the encore even like they were they were leaving and he started like talking shit to him he's like he's like i see you sneaking out early and then they stop and turn i was like no don't stop now
0: (laughs) (laughs) dude that's the other thing too like uh I legit, you know, first off I had to work the next morning he he did, the the show we saw was on a fucking Monday night, and he's making jokes, like, my wife I think also had to work the next day too and he starts talking about like uh, somewhere, you know, third, fourth song he's like, "Uh, so there's a thing I need to tell you about this show we're gonna play a song off of every uh, record uh, we've done and there's a lot of fucking records so we're gonna be here all night, folks Uh, and I'm just like going nuts i'm like yes oh my god they're gonna do all right this is so awesome and my wife is looking at me like we're gonna be fucking here until like one in the morning and then at some point dave's like you yeah, know so we do have a hard out at midnight so uh uh but i'll play until they come drag me off the stage and so uh uh, yeah i think the show finished up at like i don't know 11:45 or something like that Uh we didn't get home until almost three in the morning uh uh, and then both had to be to work the next day but yeah uh, no, no 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 regrets no regrets no regrets, no regrets. um it was a it was an amazing show all right so should we i, I don't, don't know. know
1: that we can cover the foo fighters more than we have without actually getting paid to do it so
0: i i think this has been the longest foo fighters commercial that wasn't strictly speaking bankrolled by their record company
1: yeah um again go see them if you get a chance yeah that's, i guess that's the moral of the story is you should definitely go see them um at all costs
0: yeah all right guys we're back uh you know so we decided actually what we want to talk about for the rest of the show is uh or maybe not the rest of the show i don't know so we're, gonna, we're gonna talk about it goes. for a little while anyways we're gonna talk about video games Some video games yeah yeah um so matt and i have both been picking up some titles and i think we could probably wax philosophic about them for a little while uh so matt matt why don't you take us away there
1: uh, so two things um i got a brand new keyboard for my pc he did it's pretty dope um, i'm not gonna lie yeah it's mechanical got cherry red switches He he's
0: joined the mechanical keyboards master race uh full welcome welcome brother um, full ruth
1: bader ginsburg
0: yeah <laughs> uh that's a that's a call back to a joke that nobody else will get because uh, nope. that wasn't on the podcast nope. uh, he said R R B G instead of rgb yeah. and so of course you know rbg is is the you know yeah. initials for yeah Ms. yeah miss ginsberg our our lovely uh, uh uh justice on the supreme court anyway um,
1: um i got it i got it um super cheap actually i, I paid 90 dollars for it it's corsair strafe um rgb and it normally retails for about 150 and i picked it up for 89.99 um my wife was like i can't believe you spent 90 dollars on a keyboard and i'm like um i can't believe you don't understand what a great deal that is <laughs> so i have a
0: similar story my first mechanical keyboard like my major purchase was uh i bought a uh cooler master cm stealth uh so the way that this happened i think was i told my wife i need to go and buy some hard drives and i could actually convince her why we need hard drives you know photos movies tv etc so i said i'm gonna go and i'm gonna uh there's a deal Fry's has a deal $99 $99 gets you a two-terabyte drive. I'm going to go buy a couple. That'll last us a couple of years. You know, um, We'll fill them up, and then I'll go buy some more drives. So I went there, and what I didn't know was that limit one per customer uh, or some shit like that. So I went and I bought the drive they had or that they would let me drive. I can't remember if they only had one or just um, they wouldn't uh, let you buy more than one. I don't remember what the situation was. It was probably limit one. But whatever the reason, I could only
1: buy one You're drive. You're just like, well and now I have all this other hard drive money.
0: Well, yeah, and that's exactly how that happened. Uh, I was already kind of lusting after some keyboards or I wanted a mechanical keyboard, and I was like, well, she did technically already clear me to spend $200. So I went and I bought a, a, the, the Cooler Master, the Stealth, and uh, you know spent that $100, and I got home, and she's like, so, you get your drives? And I was like, kinda. <laughs> and she, and uh, I was like, I also got a keyboard and she's like, Oh, okay, you know, an extra 25 bucks, no big deal. And I was like, Well, not <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a sore spot because, uh, trying to explain to my wife why a, a keyboard can be worth a hundred dollars or just regular humans at all. Like if you're not a nerd, uh, yeah, it, could, it there's just nobody in the world that thinks that a hundred dollar keyboard is a worthwhile deal unless you spend a lot of time on a keyboard. Um, but yeah. And then then I also then bought a custom uh, controller chip for it so I could fully program every key, uh, including macros and all that kind of shit, which was another $45. Yeah, mine and shipping does that. Included. No, yours doesn't do-, do it actually to the level mine does. Like, I can fully and completely remap any key. I can. It, like you can make your caps lock turn to escape if you want. Yeah. No problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So mine, mine did not do that out of the box, but yeah. So like I can custom, uh, including layering. Um, I did, do, did your keyboard have a, the concept of layering that like, I it's know. more common on like 40%. So like, um uh, so when you, you, when you're on a really tiny keyboard that really only has the alphabet and the enter key, um, layering becomes necessary. And what that means is you hit a modifier key and now, uh, you, you have a different layer on your keyboard so you can do home page up, you know, it's, et it's
1: like hitting the character button on your iPhone when you're texting. Essentially. Yeah.
0: yeah essentially. Uh, essentially. Sometimes it's a toggle. Sometimes it's I mean, a, that's, that's, you know,
1: that's a crude comparison but yeah uh,
0: or like a shift key you know so lowercase is the default but if you hit the shift key you get an uppercase character same way that uh on you know my keyboard for example um x is the default but if i hold down my alt key which is what i've mapped to uh, a toggle uh, or not a toggle but a, a modifier key that'll allow me to now hit alt x you know which is a very convenient you know right next to each other sort of combination it'll pause or play whatever's on my computer and then uh w and s do volume because again i I can't be bothered i can't be bothered to take my keys my hand uh hands off the home row which is also very funny because it's a oh, god fuck like a 60 percent keyboard i have which means that it's got yeah, page yours, up is, and down. yours is smaller yeah but no you don't
1: have you don't have a 10 key
0: but no ten key, yeah. But it does have an F and the F does include things like play pause, etc. But I was like. That's all the fucking way up there. Like, I'm going to just be moving my hands all the way up there all the time. And then, of course, I use Vim a lot um, when I'm, you know, writing Rails and, you know, making our website and shit like that. Uh, So I also remapped, you know, that so I can easily access Vim keys for, you know, arrow directions and shit like that. So I don't know. That's a lot of nerd talk about keyboards.
1: Yeah. uh, Long story short, I bought a keyboard um, and I just got it this week. And I was like, you know what I want to do? I want to play World of Warcraft on my new keyboard because I got these fancy um, textured w a s d keys that i want to use they're pretty neat they are um I, I enjoy them um i i can't justify putting them on my keyboard at work um because <laughs> i don't actually play video games at work but
0: uh yeah your boss walks by and it's like how come how come why's that there
1: i am the boss
0: yeah well i mean you have a boss i do
1: but he doesn't like he's
0: not gonna pop in your office he doesn't like he doesn't
1: he, yeah. like he's he's not the it manager so he doesn't yeah. really care but um anyway uh, so I, I, I re-upped my, my WoW subscription just like yesterday and I've been playing that, uh, off and on, um, over the last two days. Um, mostly it really, it's just an excuse for me to sit at my computer and watch Daredevil while I am uh, playing. That's fair. Um, which we probably will talk about that, uh, a little bit before we leave. Yeah. Um, and then the other game I've been playing is uh, a series that's near and dear to my heart because I've been playing it since the OG NES system, which is uh, Dragon Quest, or as you knew it back then, Dragon Warrior. Uh, I picked up Dragon Quest XI um, about a month ago. Nice. And, um, dude, it's ridiculous fun. Um, if you like JRPGs, um, this is really no different. I'm only um, they've changed it uh to where you're you're kind of running on a three d map and you actually run into like you can see your enemies before you run into them huh it's not a huh. you, it's not a random encounter type Novel. situation um so you can actually choose to avoid them if you want uh, I'm not terribly far into it because I don't have nearly as much time to play video games as I used to, but I have... Feel I've you. I think I've put like 11 or 12 hours into it, and I really enjoy it so far.
0: Oh, you know what? I, I think I actually could probably get down on this. Uh, I bet you could. Yeah.
1: I bet you could. I, I think you'd what really like it. What does
0: this remind it. me of? I don't know what it reminds me of, but... Well, I mean, it's JRPG, so like every JRPG ever, but um, no, it
1: looks really cool. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend it if you've ever played... Um some of the older Final Fantasy games and you really liked them, but not so much the newer ones that are super linear. Um because is it more like open world concept sort of thing or it's uh, getting there. Yeah. It's okay. getting there. I think I played for like two no forty-five minutes. I think I played forty-five minutes before I got to the opening titles of the game. Okay. So, nice. <laughs> um yeah, it's a it's a fun one. Man, that
0: that you know, I'm not gonna they they shouldn't just put that right on the bot. It's a bold claim when you name your beer Delicious IPA. And then you know it's it is a bold claim like that's that's really like fuck you you're gonna like this uh, but the, they're correct it's um, stone what do we, you want we are drinking Stone's delicious IPA right now and and I, well I am uh, what do you got there I
1: just have a Stone IPA
0: yeah it, it is quite delicious though so I'll give them
1: that Here, here's the funny thing um, I enjoy that IPA but it is my least favorite out of that box really yeah
0: it is it's got a little bit more uh, like I think it's a little bit higher on the IBU scale
1: uh, I think it's but seven I, I, right I like seven uh,
0: what do we just have. Um... Uh, the hop uh whatever what are we? the hop revolver hop revolver yeah thank you um that was very good that was a lot more floral i think i i I think i dug that a little bit that's more. that's a too.
1: single hop ipa so the only hop that uses mosaic and i'm a super huge fan of mosaics like um but they mosaics are polarizing um because you either like mosaics or you don't no i i totally um,
0: loved it like that was a very very good beer
1: uh crux has a um, half hitch ipa by crux that uses a lot of mosaic um mosaic eruption by Mazama Brewing another one
0: apparently this is see like i'm i'm don't get me wrong i love me a beer but i i'm not nearly into the uh like the the mechanics of it quite so much as you are and so i'm gonna have to learn and study um because like yeah I, i think i could probably really enjoy mosaics in
1: general so here's the bummer the hop revolver is only available in that big giant 24 pack that i bought at costco son of a bitch um but pelican makes a mosaic ipa as well and that is more oh, readily available i think
0: they just call that
1: mosaic yeah. it's just called mosaic
0: yeah clever clever yeah um so anyway video games uh, spider-man R- Tell Spider-Man, me spider-man spider-man okay so i much like a lot of the world just got the spider-man game so i want to give a little bit of backstory here um because there's nothing i've done on this episode other than go long-winded about things that happened 20 years ago but um I have, re- like, one of my formative experiences as a game player, and I know this is going to date me and make a lot of you feel old, but, uh, is on he the ps He got bit right two. on the
1: tip of his penis by a spider.
0: I did. Oh. Uh, now I got <laughs> spider dick powers. I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't know that I want to picture I've that. I've told you
1: a thousand times that's not Wemming. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know what I, that I want to, like, if I did have powers specifically to my dick, I don't know what, like, oh, it's stuck to the wall again. Oh, shit. That's not good. <laughs>
1: anyhow uh anyhow um so uh starting back it'd be a shame if like it really had all the powers and you didn't like it could lift a car but you can't
0: yeah like uh get me pictures of spider-man and so i can have them on my personal private server and look at them later yeah yeah (laughs) um no uh so I've been playing Spider-Man for quite a while, uh, Spider-Man games that is, um, going back all the way. I think the first like real Spider-Man game I played um, was probably the first real Spider-Man game anybody played because to my knowledge, I can't think of a game that really like, was a good example of the genre uh, previous to um, Spider-Man 1 on PlayStation
1: 2. Uh, that game was okay. It wasn't great. I'm going to correct you. I believe that was for the PS1. You think it was PS1? I'm pretty sure I can go get it out of my game drawer right now.
0: <laughs> okay, so, so then straight up uh uh it's it's Spider-Man 2 that I'm thinking about. And and probably Spider-Man 2 is actually where the, the this has been the bar with which I measure every Spider-Man game hence uh 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 Spider-Man 2 is like first off the web-swinging mechanic alone in that game. Like I just remember like Spider-Man 2 when it came out. I got that game. And, you know, sure, you get to play missions and blah, 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 blah. But I just remember swinging around the city. Like I spent so long just like simply swinging around the city or another thing that was very, very novel at the time was that when you the higher up you got, um, when you jumped off of a building, all of a sudden Spider-Man would just sort of dive like he would just dive toward the ground, you know, in a very cool, like badass way. And then you'd hit that you'd hit the swing button and then you'd go into a swing with a little bit extra speed. And it, it was just really, really rad. Um Anyway, Spider-Man 2 is probably the last great Spider-Man game uh, until now. Um, So there's been a lot of Spider-Man games. Oh, you know, I'll also throw them in my my hat in the ring for Ultimate Spider-Man, which although I personally have a, a really kind of pissed off history with that game, I did finally get to play it. I bought it for PC, and the problem was even though my PC was completely spec'd out to play the game, I couldn't even get it to fucking launch. Uh, and I could not get a refund and I was very pissed off that I had basically just wasted $50 on a brick what it might as well have been a brick, but I did eventually get it on another platform or something, probably PlayStation two at the time and played it and really liked it. Um, that said, uh, this game, Spider-Man for PS4. Um, so there's a lot of things I like about this game. Uh, I will say that I spent the first hour or so being pissed off and being like, how did they make this game so fucking hard? Like, uh, the first hour I just died like nonstop practically. Maybe in the first two or three hours, even just straight up death after death, just getting rocked by basic level villains that like I was just sort of like, man, have I just really not played video games in so long that I really suck at them now? Uh, And then eventually the controls kind of click and then the game starts to get really fun uh, because then you start pulling pulling off some super badass shit. Uh, that just makes you feel like Spider-Man in like an amazing way, and of course that swing mechanic I talked about that I am so fond of. This is probably the best example of it in a video game today. You can probably buy this game like if they sold uh, this game for twenty-five bucks, and all you could do is swing around the city. I would say get it. It's it is so fun. Like the way that they've built in this sort of like uh, uh, combined sort of swing slash parkour mechanic uh, is just just fantastically fun to play. <clears throat> Another thing. I would be remiss about uh, mentioning my first impression on this when I finally sort of like the game clicked for me, like the fight mechanics clicked for me. I was like, oh, it's fucking Batman. But, uh, you know, it's an Arkham game, except for with the Spider-Man suit uh, and some, you know, different movesets because it does play a lot like an Arkham game.
1: So the thing that I thought was really interesting about this is it. So, number one, the game has been super well received. I have not actually played it myself. Oh, yeah. Um, at one point in time I said you should bring it over and we should check it out and you said yeah we should totally do that and then and you didn't But then um, it's been two months or something in the nice. said, so yeah. yeah my bad um, but uh, that being said no, I'm probably gonna, anything. probably gonna pick it up eventually but I'll probably <laughs> wait until it's like a game of the year edition that I can get the uh, DLC with it as well uh huh uh that's
0: i i gotta be honest this is probably gonna be one of the first games i ever buy dlc for i almost never buy dlc uh i only generally ever pick up dlc when it is part of a game of the year um but the next thing that's supposed to be down coming down the pipe is new game plus and i i will definitely like that that's probably
1: going to be a day one for me um so the good news that i heard this week is that apparently marvel um as well as insomniac have basically uh, made it clear that their plan is to Um, use this game as kind of a launching pad into other marvel comic book superhero games um, using the same platform essentially so
0: that could be amazing too like i i won't discount i cannot discount it enough like one of the things that i remember like my my so i I mentioned like the fighting the combat style is kind of reminiscent of uh the arkham games in that um countering There's is a, a big deal the square button yeah countering is a big deal throwing punches and shit like that uh and where it really gets interesting is when you start learning how to effectively use the gadgets and i will say that this game actually kind of outclasses any of the arkham games with like what kind of gadgets you can do in the move sets and stuff like that uh whereas uh batman is or the arkham games were a little bit more simplistic in sort of the
1: um, um move set and uh gadgetry uh i think the big deal with the arkham games was not as much the um combat um style is is it was like you know well i guess that's part of it but um their voice acting cast like getting mark hamill to do the joker and getting I mean, kevin conroy as batman that was a big batman. part but the, I, the
0: game you know like we had a spider-man game voiced by by the actual characters from spider-man i think even amazing uh the first amazing game i think i actually got garfield to do the voice and it kind of sucked but um you know there's a lot of things to love about this game i and i and frankly i do like the combat style like there is uh, the other thing that's very reminiscent of the Arkham games is perch kills. Um, so, you know, Spider-Man oh, doesn't kill. That's but my
1: favorite. That's my favorite thing. That, that sitting was, on a gargoyle and dropping that, down. And that was my absolute
0: favorite fucking thing to do with uh, uh, Ark, the Arkham games was perch, I always, perch moves. always
1: pissed me off when they started putting fucking motion detectors on the gargoyles yeah. in later levels. I'm like, no, you bastard. Okay, so if you
0: really dug that, here's the cool thing about Spider-Man. There's way more opportunities to do perch moves. Um, way, way, way more opportunities to do perch moves. Because you can
1: just do it from the ceiling and you don't have to have a gargoyle? Uh,
0: I, I don't think you can perch from the ceiling. <laughs> But just like you, you, you know, so like in the the Arkham games, like it felt much more like a mechanic. Oh, like that's the one place I can do a perch move from is like the uh, um, gargoyle. Essentially, there were a few other places, but like you could be right above an enemy on like the like one of the beams or whatever, and still not be able to perch move them. No. Um, but in Spider Man, you totally can. Like, and you can totally do it off the sides of buildings. You can totally like. There's just way way more opportunity to do perch and stealth and stuff like that. Um,
1: My wife, who does not advocate the playing of video games in any way, shape or form has even been like, Hey, that game looks cool. We should, we should probably check that out at some point. So, yeah, you,
0: so I, I, wholeheartedly endorse the game. Um, there's, you know, if I had my quibbles about it, I would say like, like it is a little bit derivative in terms of like the arc and mechanics that said, it isn't still entirely satisfying to play, but like it'd be
1: uh, nice to play one of those games that has those same mechanics, um, in, in light, like daylight. Yeah. Cause the arc and games are always dark yeah
0: and this this is the thing too you totally i mean you can totally there there's um the time frame oscillates like this the uh unlike the arkham games where it's basically always night um this game does have a concept of time uh so there's day there's night uh, etc and you can do all of those things during any of those times so um that's pretty fun. And that, that said, I, I can't even really dig it too hard from being a little bit derivative of the Arkham games because here's the thing. Like if I were going to do that, I'd have to be like, oh, Doom, you mean that Wolfenstein clone? Like that? because, you know. Because <laughs> Wolf-
1: everybody played Wolfenstein first. Yeah. And, and, and because
0: Wolfenstein was like really one of the first first person shooters. I think there's prior art to that but i cannot recall for sure um but when doom came out i first that was one of my first thoughts playing doom was like oh it's like wolfenstein uh because that's definitely what i was playing at the time and uh and then of course it's a completely different game and there's different mechanics that go along with that so i think that's the thing like really what uh one of the things that i think i um You know, as much as I love the Spider-Man game, I couldn't compliment the Arkham games more uh, for bringing us that mechanic because that was one of the things that was truly revolutionary. I think about playing the Arkham games is they gave you a way to fight like fifty fucking dudes and feel like Batman, like feel like oh man, I can overcome this situation if I just play exactly you know correctly and but I could do it organically and differently every single time.
1: I always laugh because, uh, when uh, the uh, Star Wars one. Just came out Battlefront. Battlefront, yeah. When that one came out, they're like, "Oh, it's about time they did a Star Wars first person shooter." I'm like, what, am I the only person been? who's ever heard of Dark Forces?"
0: I was just gonna say, <laughs> like, just gonna say, Dark Forces, call Katara bitch. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's that's definitely
1: a thing that's been around for quite a while. Dark Forces, man. Like, I that's like yeah, I
0: fucking Battlefront. Battlefront. What? what are you? There was a talking... Battlefront.
1: There was a Battlefront series too that was that was previous to this. Yeah, like yeah. the God.
0: 2000 like something early early 2000s, early 2000s i think because yeah. battlefront one and two and then there was another one uh commando i think yeah was the name of it uh
1: i think that might have been the last one I'm not sure I, were those console games though yeah
0: yeah yeah uh i, I think those are clo- cross
1: to og battlefront 2 for pc but i i didn't yeah uh
0: but no i'm pretty sure they were co-
1: cross-platform um not positive remember when i got my sweet 128 uh Modem. You're playing Battlefront 2 on it? My, my 128 meg video card.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Why was I thinking modem? I'm thinking 28. 28. 28, eight. Yeah. <laughs> 28 uh, eight, yeah. Jesus. Um, my, <laughs> my, so this is how old I am. My, uh, my buddy, Adam, he's a year older than me, and he um, after graduation waited because there was a computer coming out with this processor called a Pentium oh wow and uh and it it wasn't he bought a gateway and it wasn't just like any gateway like this one pentium processor this one had a pentium and it was the first pc to come shipped pre-packaged with a 288 v34 modem jesus i remember (laughs) when i got my
0: first pentium 2 mmx that's right bitches mmx uh is that the slot type uh, I don't you know, god damn it I don't I honestly remember what the mmx stood for um pentium mmx what is that um p5 well let's go down a wikipedia rat hole really fast um, cuz i had
1: a i had a slot type celeron processor in my first desktop
0: pc mmx instruction set so complemented with the mmx instruction set larger caches and some other enhancements mmx is a single instruction multiple data simd instruction set designed by intel so uh i don't know that i want to explain instruction sets because i don't think anybody's going to listen to that but uh (laughs) it it made the computer go faster um by uh basically changing the way that they
1: interacted with the software it's the same way that um uh AMD did it with their Athlon uh what god the Qantas Speed architecture. Yeah. Um but their construction their their instruction set only um it could only process um things faster if the instruction set itself was smaller. So nice. like if you if you had an a, an Athlon and a and a Pentium next to each other and you loaded Minesweeper the Athlon was probably going to kick the Pentium's ass at Minesweeper because it it was able to load those small programs super super fast but if you loaded photoshop the pentium was going to kick its ass every time
0: well i will throw a link for those of you nerds who aren't quite familiar with mmx uh, or do you want to reminisce a little bit i'll throw
1: a link in the <laughs> show notes for you um somewhere somewhere in my store of of old processors processors i actually have a pentium one it's like that it's it's a big it's Damn. a big chip you should frame that put it in like like a, like I a nice little shadow a box necklace.
0: and and oh that'd
1: be cool <laughs> like uh only it actually has pens on it so if somebody like walked up to me and just like slapped me it would probably like actually stab you stab me oh that could be how you get the iron man suit maybe it just i think it i think that's actually no it plugs
0: in it fuses with your body and now you can control machines uh i like this origin story um Uh, All right. So we were talking about video games. Iron
1: Man brought to you by Pentium.
0: Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, man. At a different time. You know, that's the thing. I think if, you know, say like uh, mid two thousand, Sony had made Iron Man, it probably would have
1: been. Well, and here's the the sad part is we're talking about the Pentiums like. They're the they're one of the bottom end processors now. Oh, like
0: in the Intel line. Yeah, because
1: Pentium still exists, and actually, Celeron exists now too. I didn't, which I think it was gone for a while, but it's back now.
0: It surprises me actually that they revive names, especially like Pentium, because to 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 most people, it's just going to denote old.
1: Like uh, um, you
0: know, like it's maybe nostalgia, but like I don't know that you want nostalgia in computer chips.
1: Do you know how the Celeron processor came to be? I uh, I
0: have to get I'll take it I'll take a wild stab. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, especially in the multi-core chip days, uh, a lot of the times they manufacture processors, um, but for one reason or another, the processor, the core, one core doesn't work. Uh, that's how a lot of triple-core processors came to be. Is that they were four-core processors that uh, uh, one core simply didn't work. So rather than scrapping the whole part, they simply sell it at a cheaper price and they market it as the whatever, uh, whatever the fuck they call you know
1: the the Celerons and the Pentiums actually. Uh, were differentiated not by the cores but by cache if uh yeah. when they were testing the memory if the memory block failed they would just block it out and, it and was then Celeron. call it a seller on yeah. yeah
0: so yeah same idea uh basically there um yeah that, that's what uh so that part is fine you know actually one of the things that they do though is they make the same part now and they just disable one of the cores or one of the or, or one level of cache or something like that uh and then like software wise they just straight up disable one and sell it as a lower bin chip have, have
1: you seen the ninth gen uh, CPUs they just came out like last week or the week before heard of but not really d- dug into it very hard there's there's an i9 yeah i know that 9-gen. i've heard that it's, yeah because i think we talked about enough. it on our show actually when they well, were just announced we've had them. i9s before um they they were specifically though for like enthusiast boards yeah um god they used uh it was a different socket type this is this isn't an actually an 1151 um socket
0: yeah, the i9s, I can't remember. I think, I think they just, is that just, that's like, it, do they go this, is that the one where they go the spinal tap method of like, um, so we put, uh, 11 cores in this one or whatever. Like, it's uh, not 11, but because that would be weird, but, uh, it is basically like, uh, we couldn't make, uh, our processor set go smaller, so we put another core in. Um, you know, uh, that's a bad British accent, but, uh, I think, you know, uh, if I know nobody follows the processor game at home, but Intel's had some struggles getting to seven nanometers. So like, that's a big thing with processors is yeah, the way stuck
1: in nine for a long time.
0: Yeah. The big thing with processors is that, uh, shrinking the, the process, basically, um, the smaller it goes, the less heat it dissipates and stuff like that, which enables them to basically pump more electricity through it faster and go faster. Uh, that's really simplistic. I'm very sorry if you're listening to that and you're like, fuck you idiot. That doesn't. Uh, but yeah, the short story is um, they have had trouble getting to the next die shrink. Um, and so for the i9s and this round of processors, they were just like, ah, throw another coordinate. Um, and that's pretty much the strategy right now. Uh, meanwhile, I, I should so, mention uh, the, the, you know what the first mainstream processor is to get seven nanometers? It's the A12X Bionic. It's otherwise known as the processor in the iPhone XS. Yeah. 10X. 10S fuck iPhone 10s is the preferred nomenclature
1: um as well as the 10r and the yeah. 10s.
0: So um, actually, and that's Max. a that's another funny thing. We should at some point I want to di- dive into a little bit. Apple. It, it looks like Apple is becoming the preeminent chip maker. I I really uh, uh, I don't like. If I were Intel, I'd be really fucking nervous. If, Wouldn't if that be I, something
1: if PCs all of a sudden were
0: just like, Hey, Apple,
1: what what are you doing?
0: So that's the thing. Like um, Apple's like. There's no. I don't think there's a world right now that I can envision in which Apple sells its chips. A la you know, like Microsoft is not going to buy Apple's you know a 14 you know five a 14.5 or something like that that's, that's not going to happen they
1: haven't been able to put the fucking measuring tape down in 25 fucking years but
0: yeah but I, i'm just saying like i well because apple's just not going to do it apple makes their shit so they have a competitive advantage they're not ever going to license their technology
1: like that uh, you know for the same reason meanwhile reasons, meanwhile they fucking buy the shit out of samsung screens and everything else yeah uh for the, even but, when they're in the middle of active litigation they're like yeah we're still going to need about 50 gross of those screens
0: yeah but it's like for the same reason like uh, everybody's been saying, why doesn't Apple just sell OS 10? You know, like Microsoft. And it's like, well, because then they couldn't sell the really high margin MacBooks. MacBooks that come with OS 10. Um, but yeah, they're definitely not going to be license, licensing out the A chips anytime soon. Uh, but it will. It will be a crazy world when all of a sudden Apple comes out with an ARM based, as in an A series Apple chip based MacBook or you know Mac of any sort. I think it's um, coming in the next couple of years. I, I straight. If, I, if, if they, they don't really announce do, it
1: this year, I think it's next year.
0: I really do. I I think by 2020, we're going to see some ARM based Macs come out. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that, like notably battery life, like the ARM based chips, uh, are way, way less power hungry than, um, the other chips. Uh, Apple's, uh, uh, mobile chips are like basically two, two, two to four generations ahead of anything in Android right now. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to start a holy war here. It just is factually
1: correct. Go look at the benchmarks. So here's the deal. I can take a picture in portrait mode and I can actually change the uh the the picture after i've taken like i can change the f-stop position yeah well after the photo is <clears> taken <throat> and you can't do that with any other chip that's out there right now
0: not exactly i mean you can do that with android shit but uh that's because android's pro- offloading a lot of the processing to their cloud which is you know obviously going to be a lot more powerful than any sort of mobile architecture that apple's doing it on device is ridiculous um yeah but uh that's sort of the thing like um with apple and their current line of chips is that they're basically totally dominating in the processor speed category on their mobiles to the point where uh apple's chips um their mobile chips are actually perform outperforming at least in a lot of single core measures on their desktops uh um uh because you know the intel architecture like you know the newest iMac pro actually was outscored recently on a javascript benchmark by a fucking phone The $5,000 iMac Pro, which by all conceits is a very, very good machine, um, was outscored by a fucking phone on a JavaScript benchmark.
1: Um, So, the i9, by the way? Yeah. um, It is the i9 9900K. The K denotes that it is an unlocked processor. So, if your motherboard supports overclocking, you can overclock it. Um, And this particular one is an eight core, 16 thread, 3.6 gigahertz chip um, with one core overclockable to 5 gigahertz Nice. So that is a pretty beast. It's uh it comes in a plastic D20. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like a D8. It's uh, no, 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 no. D8's uh more It's like know. a D12 or 16.
0: Yeah, you're right. D12. It's a D12. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um <laughs> Just imagine you bring home this new $500 processor and your friend comes over and it's like, I roll for initiative flip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, what did you do? At least I don't have pins on them anymore. The chip yeah. would actually probably be fine. And then they started packaging some of their, um, their eighth gen CPUs. They have an i5 and an i7 plus now, and they're packaging those with a, I think it's something ridiculous, like a 16 gig, um, uh, Intel Optane SSD that you can plug into one of your slots and it, and it uses it yeah. as cash. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's
0: crazy. Um, I don't know. That's a rat hole. Uh, I think that video games, whatever
1: we get, sometimes we get out the weeds. It's fine. It's, uh, this, I, it's I, our show.
0: Yeah. We can do what we want. I mean, um, do you have any other game stuff you want to talk about? I do have one more thing.
1: I'm I on. did want to mention, um, I, so I think we talked several months ago, and I had started playing WoW again then, and then I stopped. Yeah, um, and
0: you got me into it for, like, 19 levels at least.
1: Dude, I wish you could actually play more, because um, it would be fun to actually run through some of the uh, shit with somebody. So
0: so do I. Like, if I could, if I had time, like, here's the thing. It's, it's hard being an adult, and, and I don't know how to balance my time very well. And if I had time, I would totally play more WoW, because it's, it's, you a job it's right hours. up my alley. Uh, It doesn't matter. I mean, set hours either way. the The the, the thing is, is I would still be spending a bulk of my time at work, probably. So, um, anyway, Uh, short story is, uh, I haven't played
1: WoW much in the last three months or so. Yeah. So at all, really. So I played it. um, I played it for a while, and then I kind of stopped because I was just I was too busy. Word. uh, For a time, I was I was the only IT guy at work for a while. So. then I got my new keyboard and I wanted to check it out. And I was like, I'm going to re-up it. Um And part of the reason was because I had bought, um when I bought the Legion expansion, I actually bought it at a time where if I bought that one, I was basically buying the new expansion and getting the Legion free, essentially, for the yeah. same price. Um And I hadn't played it. And part of the reason was because its launch was like my uh eighth wedding anniversary. And I was like, um, there's no way I'm going to be able to play <laughs> it at launch anyway
0: uh well you sure sure shit wouldn't made it to a ninth I, yeah i wouldn't yeah. have a ninth so yeah.
1: um so i re-upped it and i've been playing and and it was funny because I'd, I'd made the comment a few weeks back to somebody and i was like yeah i'm really impressed because the last several expansions i haven't had to learn how to play my character again like i haven't had to respec everything um so i think they finally figured this out and then i log in like yesterday and it was like oh your talents have been reset and i was like you motherfuckers <laughs> you motherfuckers um but it was all right. It didn't, it didn't actually take that long. I'd played it recently enough that I was able to respec pretty, pretty quickly. And then, um, they've, na- they made some changes that I think are, are really worthwhile. And they're stupid, simple little things like the bottom action bar. Um, they've, they've, they've made it toward like the main action bar. Um, the, the majority of it is, is literally just like your talents and your, and your moves and stuff like that. And then you got a little smaller one over here. Um, that's for your professions. And then all the stuff that used to sit at the bottom of that and take up extra space has now been moved onto a little side action bar down at the bottom that takes up way less space. So, like, the key to toggle your character screen open or your bags open or, you know, your, your guild information, all that kind of stuff is just over here, um, kind of not right in the middle of fucking everything like it used to be that's a good idea like i think that's maybe the the
0: finally acknowledging the fact that or maybe not finally like the thing with the wow player base and making any changes to the game whatsoever is like like you're generally designing for the very very lowest of common denominator pcs at this
1: point like that's always kind of been the case with wow um dude i'm really analog when i play video games like i use my mouse and point and click a fucking lot um but when it comes to shit like opening my character um, screen or bags or anything like that it's always keyboard shortcuts yeah but so.
0: like just from like a ui perspective though i think the thing with wow is that um like looking at wow on your screen looks almost like kind of like you have so much more real estate because it's not taken up by the ui whereas um you know i'm still playing on on uh 20 fucking uh 1920 by 1080 monitor uh and it's surprising to me how different the ui looks on there because it takes up so much more space
1: uh um well that's actually 1080 right now. Oh really? Yeah, I have it set to 1080 because, um, part of the problem is is when you're when you have a 4K, and then you have a a a 1080. Oh yeah. It it has a like if I'm watching TV over here, it has a hard time and it stutters a lot if they're not both set at the same resolution. Oh that's annoying. Uh, well it is, but I can the the game runs now in windowed mode. Yeah. And so my video card can actually chunk the game to me in Windows in windowed mode at 4K, but the monitor itself is still set. That's cool. Uh, At a lower resolution. So, um, that's, that's been working fine, but,
0: but yeah, I mean, with wow though, I guess the thing is like, they've, um always kind of been stuck designing for the lowest common denominator with pc that's one of the reasons why like if you were to play wow like if you played wow back in the vanilla days and you play it now you're like oh this looks pretty much the same like there have been some texture improvements but not meaningfully like compared to what we've we can do with video games now it is still you know at least 10 years behind in terms of like graphical graphical
1: fidelity and stuff like that i think the deal is is you want like uh, they're not at these numbers now but at one point in time there was like 12 or 13 million people playing at any given time um i'm just saying and, I, and, I think there's I think, still a test bench in their in their uh studio
0: that's got fucking a 14 inch crt monitor hooked up to it and they're like we got to make the game playable on this thing
1: well i think i think you want that though when you're when you're looking for those kind of numbers
0: oh yeah that i i i can't really denigrate the strategy um But I'm just saying, like, if you could imagine, like, if they took a different approach to it, uh, number one, it'd probably be a lot more expensive because they wouldn't be able to nearly hit the subscriber count. Because one of the things that limits the gameplay is, you know, there's not nearly as many people rocking, you know, thousand dollar, you know, rigs that uh, uh, can actually play the game versus, you know, people that are, you know, playing on the PC, their mom bought them for, you know, 400 bucks for homework or
1: something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've actually pared my systems down quite a bit, like. Aside from the fact that I, I still run I sevens, like I won't yeah. dip down unless like I would absolutely have to. But uh Honestly, um
0: there there's not really like I seven I think is a pretty you know big deal in PCs still. Uh and I would say getting a really fast SSD and as much RAM as you can
1: afford is is
0: I, <laughs> like I say
1: pared down. I do have two 256, uh, M2. Yeah. My machine's
0: only worth $1,500 now. Yeah. Shut up. Um, uh, no, it's, it's cool. I get it. No, I've only got
1: like a $150 motherboard though. Like, as opposed to the $400 motherboard I used to run.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, some fucking asshole has that now. So (laughs) I, I don't know the guy, but he sounds like he sucks. Um, um, but uh, yeah, it's and I and I do have it's an eighth gen i7 on a on a hundred fifty dollar motherboard with a I think it's ten sixty. I have a six gig uh, six gig ten sixty.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's crazy to me. I think what you can do with a PC these days without like, I mean, especially the introduction of SSDs. I think really changes the way that I view and computers in general because one like. I can deal with some shitty fucking ass processors, but just going back to spinning hard drives is like my primary drive is just undoable. Like I, I, if I think if, at this point, if I had to choose between a computer with the spinning hard drive only and no computer at all, I might consider just not having a computer and only using my phone.
1: Dude. The only thing I use spinning hard drives for is, is storage in my NAS. Like Same. it's, and, yeah. I, and I have a, I have a relatively large one in, in that box, but it's, it's again, I, only for I storage. Still, um,
0: I, and I, I keep ne- meaning to upgrade it, but I just, I, I haven't had as much time to play PC games lately, so I haven't really forced myself to, but I still, the only, I I do still run a one terabyte drive for my game partition, basically, and everything else I do off the SSD. And I just couldn't imagine going back to having a spinning hard drive being my primary way. I use the machine.
1: I have, um, like I mentioned, I have, I have two um, M2s in there. One of them is actually um, an M2 that's attached to a PCIe card.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I run
1: my OS off of.
0: What I'm running now too, uh just cuz the particular type of M2 I have, uh it, it cannot run on the board that I have without running it through a PCIe card, but whatever.
1: Uh,
0: it can't, trust me.
1: If it's the right S- uh, SSD. It's it not.
0: I spent a, quite a lot of time on this.
1: I ran I ran one on that card and then I ran another one oh, straight on the board. I know, but there's
0: a th- this this particular M2 uh, is not compatible with it. It's the, a
1: SATA, isn't it? You're in your yeah PCIe card. Does the does the math and
0: the the PCIe? It, uh, yeah, it yeah. is PCIe. I, I to SATA M2, basically. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. Um, I got gotcha. you. Uh, believe me, because I, I i spent I spent like a good fucking hour and a half trying to get that. I just couldn't figure it out. Like yeah. I was like. Well, like, because I really hadn't played with M two at all, I was like, "Did I put it in fucking backwards or something like no, that?" Because I couldn't it, get the drive to It's just there's show two
1: up. different types, and and yeah. sometimes it's not really clear what type you're getting either, and that's it's, fucking it's an, annoying. It's
0: entirely not. Uh, the good news is, like twelve bucks uh, solved it off Amazon. Like I bought a little shitty card that it goes in there, then and, and does you know basically SATA M two. Yeah. As I understand it, the SATA M two conversion makes it a little bit slower than just a straight up M two right on the board would be. But it, I don't think that there's any world in which I would ever notice it. So um, you know, fine.
1: Yeah, I've got a, I've got the, I've got the PCIe card because that's how mine came. Like the the, the drive actually came on that board. Yeah. Um,
0: that's the other kind of funky thing is um, with that board. There is an add-on, but it's also not a SATA. Uh, it comes with a, a PCIe board. It does. Yeah. But it's also not a SATA
1: compatible. No, you have to have a, you have to have a PCIe M2.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of annoying as well. But whatever.
1: Uh, like oh, I yeah. said, solve problem. And, and the that board, if I'm not mistaken, also has the M2 slot that actually stands vertical. It
0: does. Uh, we are, of course, uh, talking about the X99 Deluxe. I'll throw a link to that in
1: the show notes. because it's Pre-USB 3.1. There's two different versions of that board.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty cool board though overall like uh this is uh, by the way the asshole that got matt's old board was me thank you by the way uh uh and i i had to say like uh, i don't think i would ever probably buy this board on my own I, not because i wouldn't want to i fucking love this machine but uh, it's
1: like 350 plus
0: yeah uh but there's just no way i, I would ever convince my wife that i, I needed to spend 350 I, I guess unless it was like my primary means of income you know at some point that i do want to pivot to uh, it in which case um i'll be able to say well like i need it for work honey uh uh that's why i need two titans in sli you know <laughs> for work uh etc
1: dude they don't make a titan in the, in the rtx series yet i know i'm just i'm just making stuff up get a get a 2080 ti yeah yeah um
0: you but in any case that no that's ridiculous uh but in any case, um yeah, it was a pain in the ass the first go around, but I finally figured it out and I was very happy that I figured it out and also that it was not gonna be like a oh well the solution is you can only buy a new, you know, M2 because M2 is uh still quite a bit more expensive than SSD. Not
1: a ton anymore. Uh, really? It, it really depends on what you're buying, like but I don't put any like we white box all the machines at work and I build real simple machines that have an I3. I'm doing eight gen, but it's an I3. Um and then I put in eight gigs of RAM, dual channel, and um an M2, and the M2s I'm getting are like eighty seven dollars I think. Oh really? Yeah. What size? Uh two fifty. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Fuck man, I might buy another
1: one. They're they're PCIe. Um I if, if that's all it is, I might
0: buy another one. Like because like the, the difference, like, straight up, I, I've i got an empty M2 slot in my board right now that I could I, I definitely could fill
1: up. Just keep in mind that if you use that M2 slot, it will disable the bottom PCI Express slot on the board.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fine. The only so. thing I'm only using two PCIe slots on my board anyway, which are the, uh, PCIe to SATA, uh, and, and two slot in the video card. So,
1: yeah. uh, yeah, I could care less. And I think there's like five PCIe full size PCIe slots on. Yeah. Board,
0: I mean, so. what am I going to do? Am I like, I, I, I guess I got to fill it up with my modems and my, uh, uh, you know, parallel port cards
1: or whatever. We'll find you a PCI modem card. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah no it's uh, plus you have like 40 fucking pci lanes on that cpu so you're not gonna run out no um, i7s are, is a nice lo- world to live in well that's that's the thing is that particular processor um most your standard i7 only has like 20 mm. and that's got i i am very thankful if yeah. i
0: have not mentioned that enough uh
1: um, I, I i'm not asking for kudos i'm just telling you like you've got plenty of fucking bandwidth there's to work there's, with. R- there's headroom yeah. yeah so
0: that's the thing like uh with computers these days like I don't know what it's going to take at this point for me to start lusting after an upgrade for my computer. The only thing I could see conceivably upgrading my computer for in any length of time soon is either adding more storage or adding a a more powerful video card and even then i i haven't even come close to pushing like what i view as the limits of my video card which isn't to say that i can run every single you know the latest most you know whatever the crisis is of this age because i'm old uh and that's not been a thing for like 10 years now but whatever the crisis is of this age um i'd probably wouldn't be able to run that on high but or on ultra but it'd probably still get by on high and i'd probably just be fine with it so
1: um i honestly i'm running the same my my video card i'm pretty sure is almost the same as yours uh, it's a 1066 gig and there's really not much i legit think that's actually the same card i have because I, I do have the 1060 mine's an EVGA, and i think yours is an msi i think that's the only difference that
0: maybe yeah, yeah it's probably just manufacturer
1: um but it's yeah i i had a kingpin 980 classified edition yeah uh and the 1060 handles everything that the Kingpin did. Yeah. I mean, granted, one was a 980 and one's a 1060, but the, the uh, here's the biggest difference. I think I'm getting, um, my Kingpin was 256 bit and uh, my, uh, 1060, I think, is 192. Oh, uh, yeah, that ruins everything. Not really. It um, does, just I haven't really noticed the difference. That's, that's, that's really, and and I did a comparison with the cards online, and it was like, hey, you're not really going to notice the difference. But one For of the things that a I noticed... $200 card, the, the 1060 is a beast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've I've been happy with it so far, but I do want to get my hands on an RTX just to check it out. I, mean, I wouldn't kick it out of bed. <laughs> um. All right. So we've talked all things gaming at this point. We've talked um, oh, you know, all that, things
0: foos. Sorry. One more thing uh, gaming-wise. Oh. I... I Last person to the party just got Mario Odyssey recently, and I, I don't really have to spend a whole lot of time on this other than to
1: say, pick it up. It's a very cool game. I mean, I don't have a Switch, but as I understand it, it's kind of, it is, uh, okay, so first there was Mario 64, mm-hmm. and then there was Mario Galaxy on the Wii. Sounds correct, yeah. And then <laughs> Odyssey is kind of the next, gen- it, it's it's that whole like uh, third person runner Mario as opposed to the side-scrolling get through the levels Mario like yeah uh, I mean strictly speaking Mario games for the last couple of uh games have not
0: been third per or have not been side scrollers uh um oh come on the, Super
1: Mario Bros Wii and and Wii U Super
0: Wii Super Mario Wii uh uh has been I think they're side scrollers The well, side scroller but the what's the fucking other wii u game uh there, there's another wii u game that was for super mario and it's definitely not because i have that game and my my son and i played the shit out of it might um,
1: galaxy 2 uh
0: wii u mario game uh it is going to be the new no that's not the right one fuck you google why are you doing this i think me?
1: it's a wii game not a wii u game specifically and i think oh, it's, it's galaxy
0: duck duck go that is strictly speaking it is duck duck go that's fucking me up right now um i just no i need to see screenshots images that's the one we need super mario brothers that's the one yeah but see even that that picture right there that's that's a fucking the 3d that's galaxy is that the
1: wii u one it is for Wii or wii u but it's not are you sure? Yeah. It's it's the it's the it's the equivalent of events of the of the Mario 64. Okay, we we'll it's say just a different Mario, genre of Mario game. Yeah,
0: Mario Galaxy Wii U. Okay. It does appear that is a thing that exists. <laughs> 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 oh, fucking hell. Okay, so yeah. Um no, the uh Can so- I tell
1: you how much I like gestures? Just can I just throw that out there? Oh, on the iPad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a game changer. Well, and this one, too.
0: Oh, yeah. The, the, like, that is the only reason, actually, that I've been really contemplating. Like, the biggest reason, and it's stupid, is that, like, I swipe up to go home on my iPad, and it makes me really mad that I can't do that on my iPhone. Because uh, I still have the I, I still have the, the the 7 Plus, which is still working great for me, but I, I want to be able to swipe up and go home.
1: So you say, get Mario Odyssey. I would concur if it's anything like Mario Galaxy or Mario
0: 64. It quite, well, uh, yeah, it is. So it it is a 3D game uh, in the Mario genre. There are some really, really delightful nostalgia tiebacks, though. Like, you can hit warp tubes in the game. And it's kind of funny because they're, like, uh, sprite-stylized warp tubes, Uh, and you go basically into a side scrolling little subsection of Mario, like looking like uh, uh, Nintendo Mario, as in Nintendo Entertainment System Mario from, you know, 1986 or whatever uh so that that is really fun and really tickles the 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 nostalgia bones uh even my my son uh my five-year-old son who has no connection with that whatsoever really likes those parts which is kind of funny to me um but yeah the game is really fun and the mechanics are quite different actually too because whereas previously in most games you gain your powers through like picking up the fire thing or the suit thing or the raccoon or whatever um where you get the suit and it, it enables basically different characters um or you know, different ways to play Mario, um all you know relatively similar. The way that you do this in this game and this mechanics introduced earlier on, so if you're you know really super sensitive to spoilers for Mario games, you can stop listening now, but if you are you're fucking weird. Um but uh very early in the game you get this like cap, this semi-sentient cap, which looks like the Mario hat but has eyes and is, you know, anthropomorphic.
1: It's it's cappy. And if you're playing two player game on the same one, like one of you controls cappy and the other plays Mario. Quite honestly, the two player mode kind of sucks,
0: but, um, you get a, it is cappy. I mean,
1: literally the second player is a, fucking hat so it
0: it really is very limited in movement and what it can do and basically all you can do is kind of fling yourself at enemies and it's not very cool uh but and it gets really kind of hard to coordinate movements because one of the main uh you know play things in the game is that cappy is basically the way you gain your superpowers and that's by taking over other creatures in the game um so you throw cappy on them and he basically becomes like a little brain sucker and and, you know controls whatever thing that is whatever yeah yeah so you can control goombas you can control a lot more cool shit though too uh and i don't really want to spoil this uh because early on in the game it's one of the few things where i was like holy fuck i did not think that was going to work and it did um you can control some things you definitely would not be able to expect and you even find some things you would not expect to see in a mario game
1: so single player mode
0: it's super fun um, single player
1: mode i gotta ask is cappy more useful than being able to turn yourself into a statue with a tanuki suit ever was in mario 3
0: that is tricky, but I'm gonna go with yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> I, I can't think of a single time where I was ever like, Man, it's a good thing I turned myself into a statue. Yeah, no, I that was one of the lamest powers in the Mario games, I think, ever. <laughs> uh But they made wh- you really want to get that suit because it wasn't available until way later in the game. And you're like, Oh look at me, I'm like a raccoon, but it's full body and I can turn it into a
0: statue. Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. Just in case um yeah no it's it's very good it's a very fun game like uh uh, that's the thing with nintendo i think is and this is one of the things that i appreciate uh more and more nintendo games still remain uh you know with the exception of like well this isn't fair because i haven't played a lot of the new switch games but like zelda is pretty pretty story driven uh is story driven kind of but it's also really the mechanics that you play for um same thing Mario Mario practically has no story like they just they just kind of shoehorn a story into a Mario game and it's really about the mechanics and the play style of the game and that's not really any different in this one uh and the mechanics are just super fun like it's just a very
1: enjoyable game really because if you ask my dad he saved the queen
0: oh okay well I mean yeah it's the first game that features the opportunity to save a damsel in, dispre-
1: in distress. My dad, my dad is the quintessential player that that you see in like um, joke videos and whatnot, wherein like he thinks that if he moves his whole body, that his character will jump higher.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Which if you, until if we... you sit up in your seat, your character definitely jumps higher.
1: I, I'm talking pre wii because now that we have the Wii and and gyroscopic technology, like that actually does have. I, I was just gonna say too, but...
0: with the uh, the Switch controller too, so since they're detachable. Yeah. The, the, what that they the game seems to want you to play is with a paddle in each hand uh not connected you know via the right. thing or whatever uh and that is a mechanic in the game
1: if you want to jump higher there's a like gesture you can do basically yeah yeah um so i think the only topic left to tackle video game wise now is um a story that's near and dear to my heart and i'm sure eddie's as well um because we single-handedly changed the way that valve handles uh Birthday uh birth date verification oh we did for mature title this is
0: for sure just us yeah. nobody else had this feedback this is the first time that it's ever been po- posted on the internet uh but it was just us yes definitely
1: yeah um so we we complained several episodes ago about every time you want to look at a title it's like oh you got to put in your birthday to tell me that it's okay for you to be here um and the fact that eddie and i um i think combined are now like 650 years old yeah because of the different birthdays we've used <laughs>
0: yeah on any given uh check i am between uh 18 and uh, i don't know depending on how high the thing goes like 157
1: yeah uh to where now when you go there it's like hey um is this still you cool you're in yeah yeah Uh, so you're welcome guys
0: thank you yes this i think changes the landscape of gaming forever and uh yeah the short story you are welcome without us you would be lost in the sea of re-entering your birthdate every time.
1: Yeah, that's all. That's all us. Um, and if Eddie posts this episode in time, uh, keep your eyes out because the Steam uh, fall sale is is coming up here real soon. Oh, my wallet is not ready. I'm really hoping, really hoping Shadow of the Tomb Raider will get just a little bit cheaper. Just oh yeah, because yeah. it was on sale for like 37.99 the other day, and I'm like, I can't do it can't do it so
0: close uh you know that wouldn't surprise me if that was one of the games that popped up a little bit lower though because that's how i've gotten both of the other team if i could get it for
1: 30 i'd buy it
0: yeah yeah, stick it on your wish list. Do you know that it is? It's on my wish list. Okay, yeah, nerds at home, uh, if you're not using the wish list functionality of Steam, you really should, because any time a game is on your wish that's on your wish list drops in price, it tells you about it, which is yeah. a phenomenal feature. And, and
1: aside from their like quarterly sales that they do, um, and this is one of the things I will I will fucking give Valve a ton of credit for is. They have two sales a week, so like maybe it's not uh, I, I, on par with their quarterly sales, but you still can get pretty good deals on a lot of games all throughout the year um, just by checking yeah. twice a week.
0: No, there, there are some games like uh, I, I've had some games on my wish list for quite a while that I haven't bought mostly because um, I just don't have the time to play them, uh, which it, it may surprise you to learn, folks, that you don't have to buy games on Steam sales because I still have dozens of games, I think, on, that I bought on Steam sale that I've literally never even launched. Uh right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, there are some games that go on sale pretty much all the time. So, anyway, uh, we
1: got anything else? Um, no, I'm just, it's, it's, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's Th- this, been, it's this, been rough. This
0: feels a hole in, in, in my life that I just, I need to have
1: filled. It, not gay or anything? No, no, no. No, that? no, I totally, know. I totally get it. Um, we, we, we both actually started doing this, um, less as, uh, as an opportunity, um, for any kind of financial gain or anything like but more because we would get together like once every two years and then we would spend that time talking about just doing having the same
0: conversation just without microphones yeah
1: um and it really helps to have an outlet uh when you when you have things to say
0: yeah when you get old like us, like there's not an opportunity to just like you know like you hang out with you when you're when you're in high school you just you hang out with your friends all the time you have these kind of nerdy bullshit conversations all the time uh for us that's the secret about getting old is you have to schedule it uh you know,
1: which is annoying but here we are well i I feel lucky in that my wife is um on par with being almost as nerdy as I am in a lot of different ways, so i can really I can bounce a lot of these ideas off of her, but then there's a lot of shit that I like to talk about that she really just doesn't give a fuck about. Um <laughs> Yeah, I can
0: get my wife into some of this stuff too, but uh uh yeah, once one, one like she's not gonna sit down and discuss the merits of i9 processors with me.
1: <laughs> no, no. Um, although we have been contemplating um spinning off uh, Sons of Anarchy um episode by episode recap. uh yes, at some we have. point. Um, which, you know, your wife would actually probably enjoy being on. Other than, I really get the impression that she'd be like, "Yep, I really want to fuck Opie," and I'd be like, "Yep, me too." <laughs> we all do, sweetie. We all do. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, no. It's uh, it's just nice because um, I can talk to you about techy shit. Um, you invest a little bit more time into some of the tech stuff than I do, but like, it's not hard for me to kind of pick up what you're putting down a good portion of the time. So yeah
0: yeah no that's that's a fun part like it's it's hard to you know it's hard to find the right style of nerd um uh But, yeah, that's a fun thing for us to do in the show. And, uh, you know, we're going to, I think, do our best to get back on a regular schedule for you guys that are listening at home that do enjoy this and want to listen to more. Um, We we should be back on a regular schedule soon. And if anything, we just want to grow this thing. Like, uh, we, you know, uh, we're not going to lie. Like, I I would like some money. But Give give me some money, please, uh, to do this and I will totally do more.
1: Money is cool. I'm going to do it with or without. But money uh, would make it way better.
0: Yeah, we've talked about this. I think we both kind of have a passion for just podcasting in general. Yeah. Uh, uh, and podcasts in general um
1: if i could do this every day i would
0: yeah for sure we've we've talked a lot about that too if 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 it ever falls in the cards that we can do uh you know even daily shows uh then that, that's gonna happen so I, I feel
1: like we'd be able to get into some more really like um specialized topics uh things yeah, like for that sure. uh if if we were able to do that like um, if you thought regularly. i got into
0: the weeds about processors a little bit before fuck that's not we scratched the surface there Um, yeah
1: just imagine what tech tuesdays are going to be like yeah
0: for sure (laughs) um so anyway i I guess that's a good enough segue if you like the show if you want us to do more of this stuff um the best way to do that uh you know we're going to do it anyway but the best way to uh enable us to do even more stuff than we're doing now is to spread the word about this one and make us some fucking money so uh we are at
1: whatever show on twitter and Uh,
0: instagram as well same same handle
1: yeah and i think we're uh, facebook.com slash whatever show on facebook for now if if yeah if we're still on facebook by next week <laughs> yeah for um, now and then uh the other thing too is if uh if you don't already have us subscribed in your podcast app i mean you can get us through pretty much any podcast app out there um we prefer overcast oh we do yeah i'll, I'll
0: throw a plug in that for that too it is a very good podcast podcast player if you are on ios yeah um, if you're not you poor heathen good luck
1: um if you're on ios and have an apple watch uh i can't recommend overcast enough because it's got some uh, good tie-ins with your watch yeah it doesn't like being able to drive down the road and not swerve your durango into a ditch because you're trying to skip through (laughs) an ad read or whatever Uh, yep just Uh, do it from your watch
0: that is definitely the primary usage of my overcast watch app usage as well so yeah all right guys uh thanks very much and we'll see you next week question
1: mark yeah probably Probably.
0: Yeah. yeah all right later later